now it's time once again for Sweet Jesus. sayings of the Christ. Welcome to Sweet Jesus, less popular sayings of the Christ, the Oregon Trail edition. This is going to be our second episode. Again, I might shuffle these, so well, maybe I'll edit this out. But I'm Mel Swartz, and I'm in the studio, in the Zeal studio, right here in Oregon with my man, Austin. Um, he's our co-host for the Oregon Trail. Come Austin. on. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. Episode number two that we're recording might not be in that order, but right. uh, excited. It's been good so far. So far. So far. I mean, it, it's it, good. The first it has episode the potential has to go downhill. No, you guys are saying you're pioneering. <laughs> that's right. We, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. It's the Oregon trail. That's right. That's right. Pioneering. Yeah. Thank you. It took me a second. I'm a little slow. <laughs> <laughs> pioneering stuff is uh, very popular down, down yeah. here, down here, up here, up here. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, what's weird about, being this far north, we're above the 45th parallel, which means we are north in the northern hemisphere. And Portland, Oregon is north of Portland, Maine. Right. That is kind of Barely. weird. It, it doesn't look like it. Right. But, but that's where we're at. I know. It's yeah. crazy, right? So, which means that Seattle is way up there. You know, yeah. Almost in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Canada. Which is a very foreign land, by the way. <laughs> So here with Austin, you're hearing the voice of my man, Jason Estel. He is going to be on the podcast today. We'll get to his introduction in just a minute. So as always, if you're interested in hearing one of your favorite difficult sayings of Jesus completely destroyed by us, then you know, email us at sweetjesusatbitesofate.com or DM us through Twitter, Facebook, and apparently I need to get an Instagram account. Instagram is the way to go if you're going to reach people these days. It's like, that's, that's where I would say the majority of people are on these days. You're kidding. It's Instagram? Instagram. And one of these days I'll just combine them all, right? I mean, maybe. Yeah, Insta-twit-face or something. <laughs> That'd be good. Um, so we'd love to ruin the, the passage for you. Send us an email. DM us on one of those platforms. Sweet Jesus coming to Instagram very soon. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we'll get that to you. Also, that, that is going to be a better place to actually put all of the woodcuts, the Sweet Jesus woodcuts. Woodcuts are not really woodcuts. They're just the pictures. We use these Sweet Jesus action figures uh, to pose for some of the episodes. Um, my man, Steve, does an awesome job with these. He actually customizes these things. Yeah, for us. they look yeah. really cool. I was, I was wondering if they were like real actual things that you guys have made or yeah. like, okay. Yeah, Steve made, man. Wow. Um, so, you know, another shout out to Steve for doing these. He's got some cool ones coming, man. <laughs> I, I can't wait. Uh, some of the things coming are from the parable of the beatings, right? Jesus. Um, and then also like actually the, the fig tree one is going to be, Jesus is going to be withering the fig tree. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then casting fire on the earth. That's, that's another one that's coming. So. I it's mean, a very I creative understand. expression of these, you know, sayings of Jesus. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying it too, man. He's really good. So, um, 
So we were talking last time, Austin, about your version right. of a sweet Jesus. Like mine is this blonde, blue-eyed, mulleted Jesus, right? Uh, my buddy Scott's is that redheaded fro Jesus, right? Close to the Ronald McDonald oh, uh, kind of, you know, Greg Brady from nice. the Brady Bunch kind of green-eyed Irish Jesus, right? Because he's got his <laughs> Irish background. And so wondering what, like, what would Austin Nalen's version of sweet jesus yeah is terribly inaccurate <laughs> right after after we we threw around a few ideas last time yeah. and and i landed on a few that i think could potentially maybe by the end of the oregon trail uh you know episode i'll, I'll solidify my sweet jesus but um the first one i i would love to see just a tatted up just sleeves on both arms for jesus <laughs> Um, and we're, we're, we're near Portland. So we like to keep it weird around here. I, I'd love to see like a hipster Jesus. Okay. Like, like long hair, uh, maybe a latte in hand. Oh, right. Cell phone like in it. the other yeah. scrolling Instagram. Like, I, like, I don't know. Like I would love to see. He's just, just a, and he's a sweet guy. He's right? a sweet he's all guy. Around, yeah. Yeah. He's a millennial. Yeah. Um, that would be. Millennial sweet Jesus, yes. man. Yeah. <laughs> millennial sweet hipster Jesus. Absolutely. We're going to make that happen. I need to see it. Steve. You're listening. If they could, I, I would love to have one on my desk. Could, could we make that happen? Is we that can. a thing? We can actually make that happen too. Well, maybe we'll need to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's <laughs> okay. talk about that. We're, I mean, we're totally going to make that happen. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yes. Steve is going to love working on that. I'm telling He's you. He's going to be like, I'm listening to this episode for the first time and now I have more work to do. <laughs> He's loving doing it though. So he tells me, no, he, he really is. It's part of his, uh, part of what he likes to do to be creative, right? It's oddball stuff so and what is the sweet jesus it's just amplifying a a, a false jesus and saying it in oversweet words these really difficult things to contrast what's really going on here i mean so many things that jesus says in the gospels are difficult they 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 take time to digest and if you've grown up in the church like i have i mean i heard these all my life but i really just gloss over this stuff right you know I don't take a whole lot of it to heart. So we're just trying to work that stuff out. We have today a special guest, good friend of mine, and pastor down at Desert Rose, uh, Jason Estel. So Jason, will you tell us a little bit about what's going on right now and who you are? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Mel said, I'm Jason Estel, uh, pastor of Desert Rose Ministries. Uh, by accident, I say. <laughs> All right? You know, it's like uh, nothing that incident. I... Yeah, nothing that I ever planned on or anything. Um, God just called me into it, and I answered. I said, okay, Lord, I'm willing. Here I am. And uh, eight years, I think we're eight years now. Uh, we're still going strong. We're growing. We just actually uh, changed changed our sanctuary, moved over to another one, to a bigger sanctuary. Oh, so awesome. that's really cool. Uh we actually have a place where people can sit and drink coffee now. That's that's like <laughs> what you know, and so we're not really that kind of church, but it people like to sit and gather, and so uh, it's yeah. great. And so just things are growing, things are moving. It's cool. Well, here here's what you need to know about Just Roads Ministries. Their, their outreach is to people that are have addiction, yeah, and um, are homeless. Some yeah. of them, yeah. and uh, people in really hard spaces. Yes, and. Um, and Jason comes from a, a pretty rough and tumble background. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Besides being a rodeo yeah. writer, like an eight second guy, <laughs> which blew my mind. That's my type of Jesus. So you're talking about, 
you, you, right, you think, man, we got to have a Jesus that's, that's spurred up and uh, riding donkeys, right? Well, he so, did do that. So. For my desk. Can that's you right. put that on my desk? Oh, <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, man, Jesus just called you, asked you basically to pastor out of nowhere. And, uh, and you've been faithfully doing this for eight years yeah. and it's all been so easy. No, <laughs> uh, it's been all but easy. Jesus called you to something hard. Yeah. And, and, and truly the, the hardest part is dying to the self, right? Amen. And, um, you know, I, there was no way that I was qualified or prepared or ready, um, to do what Jesus called me to do. Mm. Uh, I had anger, I had hate, I had uh, opinion, I had assumption, I had uh, just all sorts of things that um, Jesus just comes in and says, drops a bomb on you and says, guess what, that, that's all garbage, and get rid of it. Wow. So uh, really destroying my whole persona of who I am, right? <laughs> right, right, right. And it's like... Uh, just changed, my, wrecked my world, you know, just in mm-hmm. such a good way. Um, I had so many strong opinions, hateful opinions. Mm-hmm. And, man, Jesus said, I need you to love on these people. Wow. And, good. and uh, in that, it just, <laughs> this compassion that I have for people isn't my compassion. I mean, it's just something Jesus dropped on me and said, are you, will you be willing? Mm. I think that in that, you know, one of the first things he hits me with is is that uh, I have a um, guy that I got a lot of stuff against, and Jesus is like, man, I need you to forgive this guy. Mm. I mean, puts me right face to face with him, telling me I need you to forgive him. I love him. I want you to forgive him. And so uh, in that, I... This wasn't a particularly nice fellow either. No, no. I mean, this is... uh, And my heart's not nice towards him, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like I don't want to say, hey, look, I forgive you, this and that. And, and of course, anytime you say that you're going to forgive somebody, you always got that thing that you might face, and that's uh, forgive me for what? (laughs) <laughs> you know, yeah, right, yeah, and uh, and that's that's doing exa- me, man. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. Is the guy's like, uh, you forgive me, forgive me for what, and and you know, uh, makes it a little worse, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I just walk in back into the ministry, slam the door, and just lose it, right? I'm just like, God, mm. what are you doing? You know, and. Uh, just really have to get in and, and search that heart because I think a lot of times, you know, we could tuck that stuff away, hold it, and never even realize that it's there inside us. And, man, God just turned me inside out wow. a lot of different ways. I could go on forever talking about all the different things, but I think that we'd need to censor a lot of it. <laughs> and so it's like because it was honestly when he calls me into ministry, uh. I'd give my life to Jesus when I was 14, but I lived, do the like most people do. I, I just lived my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I give my life to Jesus. I'm Christian. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm, just I'm, keep I said on. the prayer. Keep, right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, and just keep on living. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, he got a hold of me, and man, when he got a hold of me, it flipped my world. Right on. So, Well, and that's, you know, again, something 
Jason might not point out to you that, that I get to, because I'm his friend, um, if he doesn't mind me saying, uh, like he mentioned feeling completely unqualified. Yeah. And if ever, if ever you've heard the phrase, God doesn't call the qualified, but qualifies the called, this is Jason Estel for 100%. Right. And just watching his ministry and watching him walk with people through these incredibly, you know, for me, impossible. Because I'm essentially a suburban pastor, <laughs> you know. We have our own versions of, you know, there's people who struggle with addiction and all that stuff in suburbia. But, you know, they're, they're high-functioning, you might say, mm-hmm. right? High-functioning mm-hmm. addicts. Um, and it's just sort of, it's a different space. And, um, and watching Jason um, do ministry in that space and, and being his friend... Uh, just the faithfulness and uh, just the encouragement that he's been to me. This has just been a big, big, big deal. Um, and, and watching, watching you, I mean, because few pastors I actually know tear up the scriptures like Jason does. Mm. I mean, like digs in and is always curious. And, and so, man, I, anyway, Jesus qualifies the called, mm. <laughs> right? Um, anyway, so, man, I'm stoked you're here. Thanks for doing an episode Glad to with be us. Here, yeah, and man, you you're taking us on something that neither Austin or I had ever thought about as a difficult saying. Yeah, and what we both realized is that we're kind of inoculated to it, right? Yeah, I think when we read the scripture, a lot of times things we just brush over, don't even think about. Um, the more that we actually like dig into, it, we're like, hey, actually, that doesn't quite add up to what I thought it was going to be. Right. Yeah. And this is, so we're going to actually talk about the born again passage where yeah. Jesus says, you must be born again. I mean, I grew up in the eighties, which, which everything was about being a born again Christian. Mm-hmm. Right. Or at seventies too. Right. Isn't that what, how Jimmy Carter was running on a platform yeah. <laughs> as self-described born again Christian. Right. Yeah. Cause that was the distinction. That was how you yeah, said you were a Christian. I'm born again. Right. So you're not just a traditional one. You're yeah. a born again one, which was supposed to be in like you're like a serious follower, right? <laughs> and so with that language is sort of, you know, oh, of course you have to be born again. We just sort of, yeah, that's a normal thing, <laughs> yeah, you know, without really thinking about it much. But really what's going on here, there's actually, a, well, there's a lot going on. And then Jesus does get kind of, kind of rough with Nick, doesn't he? Well, yeah. you know, Mel here, you know, it's like, what I'm saying is that at 14, I give my life to Christ and, and. I live my life. Your life. Just live it. You know, here it is. Uh, I think answering the call to the ministry, and and that's why I say I'm pastor by accident, because I mean, this is nothing that I planned or anything. It's just saying, okay, God, I'm hearing what you're trying to do here. And I'm saying, yeah, okay, I'll I'll be willing. I actually left my job, left everything, and and stepped into this ministry in this. It was like being born again. Oh, man. Wow. Good. Uh, Like I said, my thinking, my opinions, my thoughts, my ways, God's saying, get rid of it. Subject to change without notice. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not allowed. Uh, You can't be like that if you're going to be my disciple, you know? It's like, oh. Uh, sadly to say, as a parent, guess what? You teach your your kids certain ways, and I think my kids have all watched my life change. My, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I had a nephew say to me yesterday, "Look, you know, you taught us different than this," 
And so it's like uh, who I once was, who I am now, there's a complete difference in thinking and all of it. Yeah, man. Well, and the idea of birth right. is... Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> the idea... No. I, I was... Yeah, no, I was I was probably going to say what you were about to say. Like, say the idea uh, of birth just implies brand new. It implies, mm. um, like, formation and um, learning and, like, developing. And it, and it's not like it used to be. And, and I love the, that you just said, you know, you, you have to die to yourself. Like, you die to yourself mm. and then be born again, essentially. Yeah. Like, like, so that way Jesus can form you and Jesus can shape you. He says he's the potter. We are the pottery, so he is developing us and and teaching us, and and I think that's kind of what he's getting at when he says you must be born again. Here's here's the thing, uh, Austin is is that we, uh, I think we take on characteristics of our, our birthing parents, right? And in this born again, it's like, wait a minute, here I am. You're gonna come after me. You're gonna follow me. You're gonna be in my image. Mm. And man, it's like. Uh, everything that we are brought up to know, to be, uh, you know, if you're going to be something, go out and achieve it, push on it. Uh, you have to do it. Here Jesus comes in and says, man, I'm your helper. You know, it comes through me. And so all of a sudden it's like our whole world gets wrecked. Yeah, our whole man. thinking, every bit of it. Yeah, it's a completely different paradigm shift. So you, and, and that does speak to the birth, right? In terms of coming from this cozy womb where you think, you, you know, like a, a nine-month-old in the womb child right, yeah. has this one experience. Yeah. And it's very comfortable. Yeah, sure. <laughs> for who? You know, for, exactly. Yeah, well, for, yeah. <laughs> for the child. Yeah. And then, um, and then, they come out and they have to breathe air for the first time and uh, everything's suddenly, suddenly radically different. Right. Yeah. yeah. So to be reborn would be about this. So that takes us, we need to jump into the reading. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're getting ahead us, of it here. Yeah, I know. yeah. We're jumping way ahead. No, that's all right. I, I don't know if I'll edit it around or just leave it that way, but here we go. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to read from the English standard version and, uh, um, Jason's actually working from the NLT. So he'll bring up some interesting distinctions there, but, um, uh, from the, New, that's new King James. Come on. English standard version. The way Jesus dictated it, right? That's right. Just kidding. I had a so professor I, in college every time he would read a scripture. He, he read from the NASB, and every time he goes, this is the way Jesus dictated it. Exactly. And then he would just continue on. Like, he didn't just say that. That's awesome. I like this guy already. Um, I actually had a guy who... I mean, it's it's it sounded it sounds like a parody, right? It sounds like I'm making this up, but we were talking about he was insisting on the King James version, and he literally at one point said, "If it's good enough for Paul," oh, wow. I, oh, wow. I, I was like, wow. "Paul," <laughs> you know, and I didn't know. Do I out? Do I? You know, because we were in front of some people. I'm like, do I pull him aside and say, "Hey, dude, Paul wasn't around for the King, for, James, for the King James or what?" You know. So anyway, I just felt, I I didn't really know what to do yeah. at that moment. I said, "But except that, yeah, no, he he wrote it in a different language, is what yeah. I said. Yeah. So, yeah, he wrote it in a different language. Yeah. And the guy was like, 
you know, kind of say, anyway. Was it King James in the other language too? No, I'm just <laughs> no, kidding. No, right, some formal version. Oh, man. Actually, it's funny because it's Koine Greek, so it's actually like a... Yeah, it's like a dumbed-down version. Yeah, it's like a more colloquial or yeah. vernacular Greek as opposed to Adagriamagoop. So anyway, moving on to... <laughs> to the reading. Yeah, to John chapter 3. Um, cool. We're going to do verses 3 through 10. So this is a long one, so, you know, i got to prepare myself <laughs> get the sweet jesus on i gotta go back and forth too so yeah i should have broken this down into the yeah really. like a play yeah uh, all right here we go now there was a man of the pharisees named nicodemus a ruler of the jews this man came to jesus by night and said to him rabbi we know that you're a teacher come from god for no one can do these signs that you do unless god is with him jesus answered him truly truly i say to you unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Burn. Oh my goodness. Wow. Go ahead. Jason's ready already. Go. No, I'm just <laughs> laughing. I mean, I was a little caught off on that. that <laughs> I was a little caught off on the voice there, and I just have to laugh because I'm like, what's Wendy think of this? <laughs> I know. That's a great question. She 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 has mixed feelings. Yeah. <laughs> no, she she actually says that she enjoys it and she she learns a lot from it. Cool. But um, but yeah, it's I I think, you know, because I'm her husband, it's probably She's a little embarrassed for me. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably not embarrassed by you anymore, just yeah. for you. It's been That's probably totally true, yeah. Austin. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Sounds like you've been married for more than a minute. <laughs> a few years only. Yeah, not actually that long, but uh But long enough. Long enough to know, you know. <laughs> I hear you, man. So what about you know, the the I just love how Jesus Well, let me punch into the context okay. first. Okay, so We've got Nicodemus. Yeah. He's a Pharisee, right? These guys, this is a ruler of the Jews. So this is a guy who's on the Sanhedrin, which is the, the just means wise counsel, right? Yep. So he's helping guide Israel through a time of Roman occupation. And they actually make decisions about the direction Israel goes on things. Yeah. He's also a rabbi. And so therefore, as a Pharisee, a rabbi, a teacher. So he's, and remember, First century rabbis, they're not like esoteric teachers like Greek teachers, you know, like Plato or Aristotle. These, these guys are guys who are living by example. They're demonstrating what it is to follow God or be part of the kingdom of heaven. That's right. the point. So this is interesting. Nicodemus comes by night, right? Yeah. In secret. In secret. Yeah. Uh, to talk to Jesus. And then he asks him, well, he actually doesn't really ask him anything. Jesus knows why he's there, yeah. right? Yeah. He's there to learn. Yeah. Like Nicodemus seems to be pretty bought in, but he's not so bought in to out himself yet. Right. 
So he comes to him by night. And then Jesus actually drops on this guy. Because, because I've heard different things. Jesus isn't showing any respect to Nicodemus, or <laughs> Nicodemus doesn't really get it, or whatever. But actually, Jesus drops on him some of the most intense spiritual wisdom we'll see in the scripture. Yeah. So he respects him completely. But he does blast him at the end. Yeah. <laughs> right? But you would, if you respect them in this culture, it's, you would say something like this and say, hey, wait a minute. What do you mean you don't understand? So there's some of the context. We go into this, and then the famous, you must be born again. Yeah. And I mean, this is, this is what blows our mind, right? I mean, this is, this is what blows my mind about Jesus is, is that I think he is caring to Nicodemus. Yeah. Caring enough to tell him, look, let's go a little further, buddy. Let's get into this. Let's, you know, you think that you're a great teacher? Because I'm going to tell you right now that you must be born again. Your ways are not the right way. So he's even challenging probably his own, like Nicodemus's teachings or his understanding, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, if he's talking about... He just flipped him upside down, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> You know, spanked him on the bottom and got him to- <laughs> Come on out of there. You're in a shell and I need you out. You know, yeah. let's get a heart change here. Right on. You know, and, and it just, I think that's what he does to us too. I think that's what he's trying to do to all of us. You know, uh, I think we come to Jesus real easy. You know, it's like uh, people come to church, they come to church troubled or whatever, or trying to better their life, even philosophically. Yeah, you know, morally um, or something. Yep, and uh, uh, you get there, and man, Jesus is like, man, I just want to empty you of you so you can have a better, closer understanding of who I am and how I'm going to help you. You know, I think we fence him, gate him, all those things, and, and it's like, just let me get into your heart and change you. I think that's what he's saying to Nicodemus right here, you know. And Nicodemus, I mean, come on. This is the first that we hear of being born again, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's very confused about it, too. He says, am I supposed to go back into my mother's womb again? He's like, Jesus, I don't know if you know this, but I don't think that's going to work out very well. Come on. Yeah. Hello. So so, so what do you really mean by this, Jesus? What what does it mean to be born again? And I think you're hitting on that point a little bit. Yeah. And it's just... Um, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. I mean, this is this is to me. It's it's Jesus in His great compassion, right? Mm-hmm. He's not saying, "Hey, Nick, you come to me at night. Why don't you come to me in the day?" I mean, that's that's, that's how, right. Yeah, he doesn't even touch that. That's yeah. probably something that I would say is <laughs> yeah, because I'm human, right? Yeah, and it's like, look, if you want to talk to me, talk to me. You know, eight to Office five hours, eight, eight to, to five. five. <laughs> Here's my extension. <laughs> yeah. Call me. Yeah. And it's like, uh, he doesn't do that to him. Because Jesus is just, Jesus, Jesus. He loves it. Yeah. I think just a side note to the, to the born again conversation. One of the, one of the cool things that I love about Jesus's life is that he never seems to be bothered by people's questions. He never, I mean, Ooh, he does maybe good. sometimes seem a little bit annoyed, but, um, he is always, always available to people who, who are curious, who, who want to, to learn more or to ask more. So I think that's just kind of speaks to maybe 
hopefully our, our pastors and leaders today, are, are we available? Are we, are we, you know, not answering phone calls? Are we avoiding people? Are we being short with people? Like, are, are we ready for hard questions? Yeah. Honest questions. Yeah. Or even sometimes not so honest questions, right? Right. People who have a, like an angle. Yeah. But is that okay? Because everybody, half the questions he gets, people have an angle. Yeah. The Pharisees are always like, how can we sneak something in to what we're saying to Mel, trick this in guy? My, in my ministry, I mean, there's angles all over. Okay. I mean, these are, yeah. these are people that are right off the street and they're wanting justification. They're wanting uh, manipulation. They're wanting all sorts of different angles. Uh, one of the, for me, the great thing is to sit through those discussions. Right. I mean, uh, I want my opportunity to share Jesus. Okay. And that opportunity to again ask, Hey, have you been born again? You know, and you're telling me that you know Jesus, but have you been born again? Mm. And in that, it's that kind of shake you upside down and shake you out of you. And, and let's get to the place where you can be empty enough to begin to be filled up. And, uh, I think sometimes we have to sit through a lot of trash to get somebody to realize, what am I doing? Right on. Well, because that seems to be Jesus' tactic a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's jarring that way because that's what it takes for us to really get shaked out of our own justification. Yeah. Right? I mean, Nicodemus has a pretty, he's got a pretty good life. Yep. He's on the Sanhedrin. He's well-respected by everyone in the Jewish culture. He's even given respect by Roman leaders, right? They have to, like, deal with these guys. And, you know, he probably has a certain amount of wealth, you know? Uh, typically, they had some. Um, and maybe he's got a pretty good uh, following. But he has to be jarred out of his place. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like Jesus, you know, of course, he's speaking specifically to this guy. You know, and to your point, Austin, we don't see Jesus. um, We do see Jesus, as you said, addressing the questions, like being super patient, even when people have these angles. Um, The only time he seems to ever really get impatient is like the lack of faith bit. True, (laughs) true. Yeah, I said annoyed and I didn't really mean it like... No, no, no. But I think that's what you're getting at. There there are times when Jesus does seem to be clearly like... He says stuff like... uh, Like you brood of vipers. (laughs) For sure, yeah. And our our ministry was called brood of vipers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's awesome. So the... the, uh, Well, the other context though, right? Where Jesus um, does that sort of... He he actually bemoans. He's like, "How long do I have to put up with mm. you guys? Yeah, how do you? I miracle after miracle, and I still can't seem you guys. And and so again, I'm not again. I'm not trying to advocate for like an irritable Jesus, right? I'm saying that when he seems to get that way or a, a, a curt, it seems to be around the issue of faith. But yeah. people ask him the wrong questions all the time, but he seems to be way more patient mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. And so here he's, he's not even asked the question, but Jesus goes right into it with him. Like, right. okay, let's, you're obviously here for to discuss spiritual things. And like mm-hmm. you said, Jason, he's not, he's not like, <laughs> cause I totally would do. Well, I wouldn't say it to his face. I'd just be like, oh, okay, you came by night, huh, pal? All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. We'll see yeah. how this shakes out later, you know, yeah. but here he is. Truly, truly, I say to you, 
unless one is born of water and the spirit, right? It cannot enter the kingdom of God. Flesh is from the flesh. Spirit is from the spirit. Don't be surprised. I'm marvel is the word. Yeah. This word marvel in the Greek is only used a couple places in the new Testament. One time, Jesus marvels at lack of faith, right? This is a big word. This is like, just uh, can't believe it, right? It's, it's astonished. It's completely yeah. blown away. So Jesus gets taken aback by a lack of faith. And then the only other time it's used is when he sees the centurion's faith. Does he yeah. also use it when referring to Spider-Man and all the other superheroes? <laughs> yeah, of course he okay, does. Cool. Yeah, just yeah. wanted to make sure. Yeah, that, that too. In addition, right? But he's completely, so he's saying, why are you astonished? Because mm-hmm. clearly Nicodemus is like mind blown. Yeah. yeah. And I think this passage should mind blow us, right? Here's the other part on that. It's like uh, right there, the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Mind blowing. Right? <laughs> right. I think that we look over that. Well, he says you won't, you won't see it unless you're yeah. born again. Yeah. But I think that. Well, because they're demonstrating it. To, to them, the Pharisees are the ones demonstrating what the kingdom of God looks kingdom like. Kingdom of God looks like. And he just told a guy. You're not getting there. Who's been discipling people into this idea. That's right. That you won't see it. <laughs> and I wonder if that's why they miss Jesus. Like why they didn't see him as the son of God, because they were not born again. They could not see the kingdom among them. I mean, that was Jesus's message. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. I wonder if that's why they missed it. It's just absolutely, when you take this passage, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. I think we look at it and read it and say, oh yeah, yeah, get it. Got it. Good. But man, when you look at it, born again, what does that mean? Born again. Jesus equates it here and says to be born again is to be born born of the spirit. Is that what he's saying here? He says that there's to be born by water. Is that referring to physical birth? You were born once and then the water born broke of the spirit. Is, is that what he's saying? That well, the that's baptism? the thing. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that there's controversy over this there's for good reason, because we're, we're not exactly yeah. sure. Sort of a straightforward reading would assume baptism, water right. baptism, because that's such a normal tradition in Jewish culture at the time. They would right. do mitzvahs for all kinds of things. So John the Baptist had a specific kind of baptism that he mm-hmm. did, which was a submersion style water baptism. The cleansing. Right. It's a cleansing. So right, sprinkling for repentance. Don't work? Well, no, sprinkling could work too because they do that in the temple. Okay. Right. So yeah. it's not even a matter, you know, this is totally Mel's commentary on baptism. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Right. Sprinkle dinkle dunk, get it done. I don't care. <laughs> hey, okay. Man. That's hey, my thing. Because because it's really it's about it we we know it has to be the about the heart position. Heart position, yeah. But if you want to be literal, even the word baptizo means to overwhelm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be overwhelmed by a sprinkle. Yeah. But if that or or pouring on the head or whatever. I, I you know, if you've done a hospital baptism, you're not submerging that yeah. guy. But he's just as baptized. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I love that, you know, when we have the uh the the um Ethiopian eunuch who's with Philip. Yeah. He's like, look, water. Yep. You know, let's get it done. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> you know, his heart was ready. So so the a straightforward reasoning is probably this water baptism idea, right? In the name of Jesus as opposed to John the Baptist. Um, but this was a normal part of Jewish culture. The idea of only getting baptized once. Um, 
in the Christian tradition is fine. You know, mm-hmm. people are like, hey, that's, but if you were to be rebaptized or whatever, that's not. Right. Well, again, they, they did this culture. as like a, like before they would go into the temple, they would, they would cleanse. Yeah, like they, would, they, they wanted to make sure they were clean before they entered into God's presence. Cause I mean, they saw what happened and they read about what had happened in the old Testament. They, they would tie strings around these guys to pull yeah, them out the when they priest. died. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, come on, yeah. we gotta, yeah. we gotta make sure we're good before we go in there. <laughs> let's, let's make, yeah, let's cover all the bases. And then also, um, like there were people who the scribes, the Essenes that were in uh, Qumran, um, when they would do the text, they would copy the text, right? So they have like, these three guys, it's really complicated sort of ceremony that we go through. But when they would hit the name of God, they would go get baptized mm. every time. Mm. You know, so they would go and do, they, they found so many mikvahs, you know, so many baptismals yeah. in Qumran. I, I can't remember what the number was the, the last time I was there, but it was like 18 or something. Wow. Just crazy. Yeah. Full. Like they had steps down in, so oh, you could God. go and cover your head and then walk back out. Wow. That was the idea. Anyway, so I think a straightforward reading is some sort of water baptism, but then there's this extra piece. And, mm. and it reminds me. Well, yeah. Go ahead. I just, yeah, that the extra piece, you know, I think that, that you're talking about the spirit, right? Yeah. And it's like, whoa, at this point, I mean, that had to jar Nicodemus. Right, yeah. That had just, Spirit, what are you talking about? Right, you know, yeah. Come on, explain this to me, you know. Yeah, and and I think that uh, at this point, and then the end, right? You know, Jesus telling, "Look, you're the teacher. You're teaching. You don't understand this." Mm-hmm. Well, he compares the spirit to the wind. He yeah. says, "The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes." So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Yeah. This man is speaking in mysteries. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Like Jesus? Boom. No yeah. wonder he told Nicodemus not to marvel because his mouth, his jaw was probably on the floor. Like, <laughs> what are you saying, Jesus? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah, man. Well, and we still, again, we don't really. Yeah, you know, there are people who say things about this passage with confidence, but it's kind of like reading, you know, foreign words in a text. Mm-hmm. How do you read them with confidence? But it doesn't mean that it's right. You right. know what I'm saying? And so I I don't know that we know no um, in the way that we can extrapolate from the text, but he's making this mysterious comparison. Mm-hmm. The wind blows wherever it wants, and we feel the effect. Mm. We don't. Invisible. We don't, yeah. Invisible. Here it is. That, uh, if you know me, you know me. If you don't, you don't. But you better get to know me. Because the wind's real, you don't see it, but it's there, right? Amen. And man, I think this is really what he's putting out there to Nick here is he's just like, man, come on, I'm right here telling you. And, you know, you mentioned earlier heart condition, and that's really where he's checking him right now is in a in a heart condition position. And, and I like that, heart condition position. That's right. That's good. And, and and what I mean by position is is Nick's coming because he's seeking, right? Yeah. He's seeking. He's coming to him at night. It might not be the ideal time, but it, it was for him because the time's right now. Oh, right on. You know? And wow, it's yeah. like, here it is. Yeah. Boom. And this is what Nicodemus knew to do is like, man, I have to, 
I can only imagine. We don't know what's going on with Nicodemus internally, right? But something had to have been in order for him to come at night to look for Jesus to ask him these questions. Yeah. Well, we assume he's going to ask him a bunch of questions. We don't really know his motivation, right? It's, right. But Jesus does. Yeah. And, he, and so it seems like he's like, hey, you've been wondering some things. Yeah. Like he, some- already, he already knew. Yeah. Nicodemus didn't ask him a question. He said, hey, here's some knowledge for you, some <laughs> wisdom. Well, I mean, we see that a lot. Yeah. Like Jesus knew they were reasoning in their hearts. So he just spoke and he answered the things they were thinking. So I could, I could, I could see that maybe happening here in this story right as well. On. Right on. And I think that it's important too that Jesus knows us, right? But he's waiting for us. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, and it's like, uh, I think a lot of people are just the opposite way that they're not sure if Jesus is who Jesus says he is, and they're waiting for him to, oh, come on, when's Jesus going to do something for me? Mm. Which he is. I think he's stirring in you. If you're questioning, wondering if there's a Jesus and, and you don't know, you have to seek it. Yeah. Yeah. I think this, this is hard to swallow. Yeah, man. Well, because he goes on in the passage. We didn't read this as part of the reading, but, you know, he goes on to talk about, um, you know, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we've seen, but you do not receive our testimony. So, you know, he's talking to the group of Pharisees, right? He's like, you don't receive our testimony or maybe the individual. Um, If I've told you earthly things and you don't believe, how can I tell you heavenly things? Which is crazy because he's basically saying this Mind-blowing passage is an earthly thing. Mm. And then he's like, so how can I tell you heavenly things? And all I can think of right now myself is like, apparently I can't handle the earthly things either. Right. (laughs) And like, so how can I, Lord, can I handle the earthly things better? (laughs) Mel, is this, this should be scary piece of scripture for all of us, right? Because this is to enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And, and you know, it's like, I think that we take things, for granted with God. And he's basically telling Nick to me is look, look, you've yeah, you you got it. You're doing your your thing or whatever, but you need to you need to get more spiritual. Well and he even goes on to of course the famous John three sixteen before he talks he talks about yep. Moses lifting up the serpent in That's, the wilderness. Yep. And so the Son of Man must be lifted up, for God so loved the world. I mean, all of this stuff, man, he drops on Nick, which is, you know, it's intense. And, and, and to your point of we should be interested yeah. <laughs> in this passage if we want to enter the kingdom of heaven, um, that really sort of gets at the, the point. I mean, this is the kind of thing that Jesus says, over and over in the text where he talks about what it's like to enter in the kingdom of heaven. There's a narrow door. It's Mm -hmm. a difficult way. Few people are going to find it. Will I find faith on the earth when I return? And this gets me to to something we talk about from time to time. Um, Into this sort of bait and switch that it feels like we've offered a lot of people in Mm -hmm. Christianity. Because we've, you know, and especially in my generation, we offered them a prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say this prayer like you did when you were 14. Yep. Like I did when I was three, and then later when I was at my first youth retreat, and then my second one, and then my third <laughs> one. Right? You know what I mean? Hey, like, you're like, am I born again? Well, well look at this. That's re- we, we give a prayer of repentance, right? 
mm-hmm. and we call it good. But what is repentance? Turning away. It's, it's, not, it's not a voice. It's not a voice, right? It's actually an action. Mm. Good. It's a behavior. Oh, it's no. A, now it's you're going to talk about what I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Dang it. I was really hoping we wouldn't bring that up today. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, I think this is something that's taught in the church. And I think this is kind of what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus. You guys are doing all this, but are you guys doing these things? Man, that's a great point. Yeah. You know, and it's like, uh, and and so here, here, I think we get so accustomed to church. And I don't like to bash on the church, but it's come on, it's scary. Yeah, we'll call it. We're church, teachers. We'll call right? it churchianity. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's like, what are we doing? I mean, we are we are literally trying to teach the people to follow Jesus. And what a box! Come on, you know, it's like no, it's like it's got to be deeper than that. Mm. Well, because you know, when you said that, it reminded me that Jesus says to the Pharisees, or he says to the crowds, he says, "Look." Do what the Pharisees tell you to do, but don't do what they do. Right. <laughs> Which is interesting, right? Yeah. Based on what you're just saying. So he's, he's, and he's, he seems to be trying to address that with Nicodemus here. Like, there's a way you guys have been thinking and operating, and that doesn't get it. Yeah. You know? Well, I think as he makes the comparison to the wind, you, you don't see the wind, but you see the evidence of the wind in the same way you should see evidence of repentance, Come on. evidence that you are following the way of Jesus. Come and on. and, and I, I mean, maybe that's what he's getting at as he talks about the wind. I don't know. Ah, it makes sense. This is It's a trajectory. Yeah. It's an effect. One, yeah. 100%, Austin. I mean, this is, uh, for me, it's like, if we're not seeing the evidence in the church, what are you doing here in this church? Hey, that's what I say. You know, it's like, that's how I tell people. It's like, look, if, if there's no evidence of you living for Christ, you're not getting it here. Go somewhere else. You know, don't sit in the pews and, and, and wait here. If you're not getting it, you're not getting it. Go somewhere else. And, and it's like, uh, we're not in a time of waiting and hoping that something happens. I mean, we need to be seeking, asking, and, and, and knocking, you know? Mm. And it's like, uh, I don't want somebody to sit in our ministry on a Sunday and say that they don't have the spirit of God, right? Go get it, go find it, move, you know, don't be comfortable with us just cause we're whatever go. And it's that important that we can't hold people to a place that if you're not being fed, you're not being fed. We need to get you somewhere where you can be fed. Yeah, man. That's right. So <laughs> I can't say it any better or rehash it. To Austin's point and yours, Jesus literally goes on to say, everyone who does wicked things hates the light. Yep. Whatever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Yeah. Which also removes the credit, doesn't it? Mm. So even in that repentance, we don't get to take credit for the change. We don't get to take credit for the work that he's done. All yeah. glory to God. As That's hard All for us sometimes. Because the Pharisees are a little bit about their own glory, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, they, they, they like to boast about it. You know, we fast twice a week. We, we, we give our money and, 
Um, and then, you know, I think of the story of the widow coming with, with nothing and giving everything, you know, two coins or whatever she gives. And Jesus says, well, she's given everything. You guys who are rich have given nothing. <laughs> he noticed it, right? He yeah. notices it. Yeah. And well, he tells, brings his disciples. He's like, come here. I want to tell you guys something about this. I love that he's sitting across from the offering box. Yeah. The idea of Jesus is yeah. like, <laughs> just, just staring. Is that, just staring is that like a new one of those Jesuses? <laughs> <laughs> offering box staring Jesus. Yeah. It's like when you're at the grocery store and they're like, hey, do you want to donate the, you know, 77 cents and round up your total to give to like some charity or whatever? And they no. just stare at you and you feel shamed by it. That's the worst. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, like okay. Really so just, you hate children. Yeah. yeah apparently. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, no. So, so this idea then coming off of that, what we're starting to talk about is how to measure whether you're following Jesus yep. or not. We're talking about measurements or in, in the business world, we say Scale. metrics. Yeah. yeah. Right. What's interesting to me about the scriptures, the, Old Covenant scriptures is there are several scriptures about honest scales. Like it was part of the job of Israel to make sure that all the, the weights and the bags, how they measured things was fair. Mm. So all the weights had to weigh the same, right? So that when you weighed something, you were charging somebody what it weighed, what, what you said it would cost right. for the weight, no tipping balances, Right. This is a very big deal to, to God. This is good. It's considered an abomination to use the wrong scales. That's a big word. Abomination is used a handful of times in mm-hmm. the Old Covenant. It is never good. <laughs> <laughs> so when we talk about metrics and how we measure even our own spiritual growth, what are we measuring it against? And so I'm going to ping on some things here yeah. just for a second. This is a good train right yeah, here. I like it. Churchianity here. We have this many people coming to church on Sunday. We've seen this many baptisms. None of those things, bad things. But what's the real measure? Right. Because Jesus is talking about something else. He's talking about walking in light. Yeah. And the difference between wicked and selfish and right. Yeah. So the Pharisees have a measurement measuring system, and apparently it's it's not working. Yeah, I think of um, I think of James. You know the 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 modern day proverbs, as you say. I think mm-hmm. of First uh, and Second John, um, and how they they talk about our works, like faith without works is dead, as James says. But even First John says, you know, to walk in the light. If you walk in the darkness and say you love him, you're lying. You're a liar. Um, so our actions are huge. Let's, our actions let's, are. Let's, let's talk about that even, Austin, because here's the thing is I think that the church is so comfortable with saying, hey, look, if it feels good, do it. You know, And in that, it's like, no, wait a minute. It's like if the purpose isn't for the glory or the kingdom, what is the point? What's the point? You know, it's like... Uh, we're not here to tickle people's ears or, or make them feel good. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but the, the, this scripture right here must be born again. I, I ask myself all the time, God, do you, 
do you see me born again? You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's why we keep raising our hands on you, Sunday. You know, it's like you, yeah. you, uh, you talk about that evidence, the evidence of the wind. I mean, we need to see the evidence of the spirit, right? And so it's like the evidence of the spirit. I mean, uh, you look, you know, it's like I m- mentioned earlier, you know, it's like my kids and my nephew and everybody, they all seen the difference. They see the difference. It's right. not what I taught them. It's not, you know, it's like not how you used to roll. These eight years of being in ministry and serving God, guess what? I'm not serving myself, you know, I, I'm serving God. And uh, I'm here. I realize there's a, there's a, wait a minute. It's like, this isn't about my life. I mean, if, if it was about my life, I'd be doing something completely different than what I'm doing. I dropped my life to say, okay, God, I'm going to serve you. And in that, uh, when I say that it, it wrecks you, it wrecks you. Identity, every bit of it, you know, it's like, what is identity? Ego, you know, and, mm. and, and all this. And it's like, man, that's got to go. They don't, they don't cut it in the class of, of God. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're talking about weighing and measuring and, and all this. There's your abomination right there. You know, it's like, oh, I'm good to get praise. I did a good thing. Praise me, you know? And it's like, wait a minute. You know, it's like uh, something that right off the bat that uh, God hit me with was, man, it's all glory to me. Mm. It's all glory to me. And that was something that uh, I think that was so, and I don't know that, I don't know that I understood it in the beginning. And I don't know that I understand it fully now. But I know where I need to direct everything, and that's to God's glory, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like, uh, and what I mean by saying I don't understand it is, is that, what does that do? What does that do? Mm-hmm. do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, uh, can we not feel good about our good deeds? I think we can feel good about our good deeds. Sure. But in that, we better not make that who we are. Are in oh, the right sense, on. yeah, and so it's like, no, this goodness, this good deed only came from my father, amen. And this is being yeah. born again. So let me right? let me just butt in for a second because I think I think we'll get somewhere good right here. What because good deeds could be a form of evidence that you are born again. Yes, but what is the standard? Like what what is our ruler? What's our measurement? Mel and I, I, I see you write down some thoughts here on the notes, but what is our measurement to say I am born again? What if, if we had a ruler to measure ourselves up against, what would it be? Uh, that's a great question. That's kind of the question. Yeah. I mean, if we're gonna talk about being born again, we better tell the people how they <laughs> how they can like how, how do I know, you know I'm born again? Yeah. 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 Well, and that and that's the thing that's hard. So I think one, you know, we we don't get to compare it. Like you're talking about yeah. ego. Like, can you can you be satisfied that you've done some good things? Yeah, but you don't get to compare that to the rest of the world. And like, look at the good I'm doing and the good they're not. Yeah. Right. Or even to look and say that guy's doing more good than I am. Yeah. That's, Coveting that, it. Yeah. Exactly. Oh man, isn't that right? Because we can cover covet people's spiritual stuff. That's right. And their relationship with Jesus or whatever. Um. So I think you know you brought up the Johns, the epistles. Um, first John talks about, you can't say you love God and hate your brother. Yeah. So right. I, I think that's one measurement. I think another one is Galatians list of spiritual, yeah. um, fruit. fruit. Yeah. You know, 
And I, and again, you don't get to compare that to other people. Yeah. And I think that's the danger. Yeah. Well, we're we, like, I'm doing better than so-and-so. So right. I must, I must, you know, be really born again. Right. You know what I mean? I, I'm extra. Yeah. I've been born again twice. The, the, <laughs> the, but yeah, I, I think that you, you can look at the things in the spirit and I'm not sure we're the best judge of it. Right. Even Paul's at one point, it's like, look, I don't judge myself. I let God do that. Right. But at the same time, if, if, if somebody approaches you, for example, and it's just like, you don't look, you don't seem like a happy person, man. You're pretty grumpy. Yeah. You know, like you're pretty irritable. You might look at the joy fruit of the spirit bit and get honest with yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. That's good. Right. You know, this is the thing is, you know, search my heart, oh Lord. You know, it's like, so oh, if yeah. God searches your heart yeah. and shows you, exposes your heart, I think this is something that's constant with me is like, God, search my heart, search my heart. Well, God shows me something in my heart. I'm like, oh, that that ain't true. Come on, God, you don't know, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. Come on, if God shows you something, what do you got to do? It's like, ah. Uh. Or if somebody else comes to you, yeah. So here, Jesus is correcting a bunch of Nicodemus's theology. Yeah, yeah. Right? Can he even receive that? And he mm. suggests that hey, you haven't received our testimony so far. You're probably not going to believe this either. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But but what if somebody else comes to us? Yeah. And points it out. Yeah. yeah we get the Lord mad does that, and angry right? and frustrated and like, well, you don't know nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't know who I am. You know why God has to speak to prophets? Because they won't listen to anybody else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, do, do we really, you know, it, it's, it's one of my jokes about the prophetic ministry sometimes. Like, these prophet guys, right, they hear from God. And so, they, you know, it's like, if you tell them. Yeah. Then, like, well, God didn't tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe God's telling you right now. Maybe he, because he uses our brothers and sisters. Yeah. Otherwise there'd be nothing to forgive and nothing to, <laughs> nothing yeah. to love through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, another measurement I think is, which is, it's going to sound like an odd one. And I'm not sure. Again, all these measurements are still hard to measure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but reconciliation. Come on. So one thing I've noticed is, in the church world is because you can move around so easily. Mm-hmm. So I can be at a church for three to five years and probably remain relatively unoffended by my neighbor. But maybe we're in a small group and this guy finally offends me. Mm-hmm. And then I, I can just go to another church. Easy. You know, or, or, you know, and I can make up reasons. I can make it like, well, they're not really preaching the gospel here that much anymore. Or the spirit's really not moving. You know what? I'm just sort of but we don't actually work through it. So I think one of those evidences can be like, Hey, actually worked through forgave each other and are closer than when they, before they were offended. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you, you hit it on the head when you said about honesty, right? Like coming into that honesty of your heart. And are you willing, are you willing to, reconcile with somebody are you willing to hear what somebody else has to say and and even think about it i th- i think that we're afraid to think about things right wrong or other right i mean it's like uh, if somebody says something to you it's like it's it's worth thinking yeah you know it it uh, and i think that's how jesus speaks is that jesus speaks in such a way that he you know last statement on here you know uh you know you're a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? That should jar him, right? Yeah, that, it that, would. That's, totally. He's, 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 he's kind of 
I think it did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, uh, so if our brother comes up and says something to us, and, and again, I'm going to say right, wrong, or other, it's worth thinking about. You know, God, mm-hmm. what are you what are you doing here? What what was this about? You know, and I think that's something that we take for granted and we don't do nearly enough is taking our conver- daily conversations to God and saying, God, was you trying to speak through me to me through this? Mm. Yeah, well, I think um, you know, it might even be James, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he says, you know, if one of your brothers is in sin, go restore such a one. Like God wants to use yeah. us to yeah. be vehicles of restoration and reconciliation and um, so, I mean, that's definitely one aspect, I think, or one way to measure ourselves up and say, are, my, are people in my life saying this about me? What about, mm. what about our kids, our uh, family members, stuff like that, that I think that often is taken for granted, right? In, in the comforts of our home that, oh, church doesn't see me, you know? Mm. And so it's like there's things spoken in our home that I think that we need to say, God, what are you doing? What are you saying to me? You know, oh man, have you ever had your kid like say something? Maybe they're being disrespectful, but they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, come on, man. I want to be so mad right now, but yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah. I like the way you delivered that, but oh my goodness, that's probably <laughs> totally true. And I need to deal with it. I need to it. look at it. Yeah. yeah. I need to at least need think to about change it. Change that. Yep. And I think that this is something that God is constantly doing with us, in us, to help us to understand that we need to fully be born again. We talk about that wind, that spirit. Where does it come from? Where is it at? I mean, that can come from the kid. That can come from the bird. That can come from wherever it's coming. Right on. And, man, we have to be um, at a place that we are, you, you said it earlier, receiving. And it's like, I think often we miss a lot of opportunities God opportunities because we're comfortable with family members or we're comfortable with our settings, our life settings, and we're looking for something even more miraculous. Oh, right on, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, man, uh, this is kind of a cool passage because there was miraculous things that were going on, and, and it was enough to stir Nicodemus to come to Jesus in such a I think it's a cool little fashion, you know? Uh, and then Jesus just hits him with some yeah. deep, deep spiritual stuff, you know? Yeah, man, because he, he talks about the wind, and then he talks about, you know, further down the passage, you know, good deeds, you know, wicked deeds. And the picture I just got was maybe a, a way to measure some things is to look at the wake you know, the wind blows through, right? And it's all, for, for me, I yeah. think of water. What's yeah. in our wake? Yeah. In Jesus' wake were a bunch of people who were healed. Yeah. You know, who, who had a different mindset about what it meant to follow God. But he also was really disruptive to the waters around him when it came to what's not right. You know, so he's almost parting the garbage and that's push getting pushed away. And what's in his wake is all of these miracles and life-giving things yeah so like is is in my wake life or or death like your legacy almost yeah like yeah, what, what's coming go. up behind me yeah. you know yeah. if what I, am i leaving yeah what am i leaving behind yeah you, you know uh 
I think something that has to be pointed out, I think a lot of times when people Bible study or do whatever, you know, reading, uh, I think the Pharisees get a kind of a bad name here, but I think that in that, I don't think Jesus, I think people think that Jesus is against them, and I don't think that. I think he's just trying to get them to a clearer understanding. And yeah, I think that's, yeah, that has that. to be really brought out, and I think what he's trying to tell Nicodemus here Understand this. You you think you're a great rabbi. Understand this. And there's more for him. He's not at a, you, you don't reach a plateau and say, oh, I'm good. <laughs> right. right? I'm done. Yeah. Knowledge of God. Check. I got it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah. no. I mean, he pushed him to, a, to another place. He did. You know, look at, look at the rich young ruler. Have you? Followed this? Have you obeyed this? Have you done all that? Okay, go sell everything. Mm-hmm. Then follow me. Boom. Heart yeah. check, right? Right, right, right. thanks, he says. I, I love that he doesn't argue with the, the young guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's like, I've done all these since my youth. And Jesus doesn't even be, Jesus isn't like, really? Come on. I, I, I know a few things. Right? <laughs> yeah. He just goes, great. Yeah. Well, it was almost like he was helping him come to like his own understanding <laughs> of like, yeah, you're right. You're, you're, you're not actually serious about this. Yeah. Yeah. One more thing. <laughs> Sell everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we'll see where you're at. Yeah, oh, man. Because it takes more than checking the things off the list. Yep. Because our relationship is dynamic with God. And I, I think that's part of the example of the prophets, certainly the example of Jesus. But, but like, these guys, it, they didn't just get to obey the law, check some boxes, but the prophets are like, okay, God, I'm talking to you. I'm going to use you. You're going to go here and do this. They have a different level of responsibility at that point. Israel, when they get the law from God from Mount Sinai, you know, Exodus 20, God speaks the whole law to them from Mount Sinai. They're not interested. Yeah. <laughs> too, maybe too much responsibility, right? Maybe if mm. they have a, an intermediary, maybe they... It's easier to ignore. Mm. I don't know, but but that is it's almost like there's too much responsibility there. And then when we get this Holy Spirit, you know, whether I obey the Sabbath isn't the issue. It's I'm talking to my wife, and Jesus is tapping me on the shoulder, saying, "You don't talk to her that way." Not that tone. And you're like, "Mm." (laughs) like this is in the moment. I gotta change now. Yeah. In this mail, I mean, it's like we think about who we are as humans, and I'm going to go back to that egotistical idea. You know, it's like we surround ourselves with thoughts and behaviors and mannerisms and all that, and yet truly what we're supposed to be is in the image of God. I don't think that we ponder that nearly enough to even know what the image of God is. And so uh, we stand at the pulpits, we preach it, we uh try our best to teach it like Nicodemus and, and this and that. And yet is what we really truly need to be is at a place that we're flexible all the time to say, God, here I am. Here I oh, am. Man. Now you're going to make me think. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, every day is different, right? And yeah. uh, in that, I mean, we deal with different people, difficult people, easy people, whatever it is. And somewhere in all that, we say, oh, man, I did that really good. I I handled that well, or I did this, or I did that. And it's like, 
really what has to be said there is, man, all glory to God. Mm-hmm. It's not about here on earth. Did that represent your father? You know? And that's something that I think that we have to, to question, you know? You talk about measurements, and, and I know for me a measurement is, is in, in the ministry is how many people got saved this, this month? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if somebody didn't get saved, what are we doing? You tell me all those people <laughs> came to the door and we... Nobody come, came to Jesus, yeah. Nobody came to Jesus. And it's like we have to... Uh, that's our point, right? Mm. I mean, we, we're not just a, a... Come on, let me feed your stomach. I mean... um. In my human nature, my human nature says, hey, look, you know, people struggle. People have tough times. You know, it's like they can get their food wherever. Mm-hmm. In following Jesus, I'm like, man, God's blessing us in such a way that we can open the doors to feed these people that are hungry. But by golly, we better share Jesus. Right on. And they better see Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if they don't see Jesus, then we're doing it wrong. Right on. You know? And yeah. so it's a... Uh, well, I imagine it's hard to, to oversteer on that metric too, though. Yeah. Because you're not in direct control of whether people follow Jesus. Right. right. So, right. you know, that could be. Yeah. I mean, you, you could also get super proud of that. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing is, and that's why we get always, always have the reflection off Jesus, right? right? You know, and it's like, man, is, is I have a, uh, something that I like to do is I like to do my own evaluation. Mm-hmm. Self-evaluation? Yeah, I've got a little sheet, and it's like I try to be as honest as I can to that. I mean, and I think the way that I can be honest to that is nobody else is going to see that. All right. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. it's like uh, I just go through that, and it's like, you know, here's your checklist. Are you, are you doing it or are you not doing it? Mm-hmm. Because I think that we can easily just say, hey, look, I read my Bible. Oh, man, I prayed. Oh, I'm a good person. Oh, I... But it's like when you ask deep questions, like what do your kids think of you? You know, mm-hmm. or you, you know, it's like um, for me. I mean, my my first ministry is my wife, right? Right, mm-hmm. my wife. I mean, if uh, if come down to it, I mean, she's not pleased or whatever. I I close that ministry in a heartbeat, right? On. Because my first ministry is my wife. Mm-hmm. God blessed me with her. And you know, it's like I think uh, we miss that op- miss that a lot. Yeah. And it's like I'm supposed to love my wife as Christ loved the church. Right, and, right. And so it's like, whoa, to our men, right? It's like, are you <laughs> are you loving your wife as Christ loved the church? It's a high call. It's a high yeah. call. It's the highest call. Look at look at families today, right? They're torn. Yeah. Separations everywhere. It's okay. It's fine. You're gonna. You'll get through it. Come on. That's not what God says, right? God mm. tells us to be one with our wife. Yeah. But yet we say, oh, it didn't work out. I'm checking out. I'm gonna find another one. No. Um, you know. <laughs> so. So really, we're in, we're just uncovering kind of more metrics to measure. <laughs> I mean, we could go on for days. Yeah, you know, yeah. the beatitudes all over the epistles. This is how you ought to live. Yeah. So. I don't well, think we'll be short of ways to to measure. To measure. No, and and I and again, you know, I, I, I my my caution on it, yeah, is it can become a checklist. Yep, and then we're back into self justification. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so like I, 
there are hard metrics that we have to pay attention to. Yep. Like in a business, you have to pay attention to cash flow. You have to pay attention to profits. Like, you know, if you're not profiting, you you are doing something wrong. Yeah. Right. Maybe you're in the wrong business. Maybe your service <laughs> is terrible. Maybe your production line is hampered. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in the spiritual sense, there there definitely has to be something to have the conversation about. I think at the very least, it's a conversation with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, Jason, if you're presented with something, Lord, what it, what is that about? Yeah. Because I don't think it's something we need to walk around worrying about. Because I don't think that would accomplish right. what Christ hopes for us if he's written it on our hearts. I think the main thing is being available, like you were saying, for correction. You know, to be like, hey, here's the direction. Like, Lord, I, I've been following all the commandments. Okay, here's just one more thing. One more thing. <laughs> yeah. Go sell uh, everything. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you know what, what does that look like? Because I think you know if you're if you're taking it into your own hands in any way, yeah. then it just becomes a version of self justification, yeah. and that is not going to be very satisfying to listeners who want like tell me what to do. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's you're going to kind of leave a little cliffhanger a little bit on this episode in a sense. Like I can't give you steps one and two. I can give you some you know, advice in the general direction, like be obedient to God and you'll be all right. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, you what's know, that mean? Uh, asking questions. Yeah. Yeah. We should be asking questions. You put them in the form of the question, Jason, Austin, you did the same thing. Like we need to be asking the questions mm-hmm. because yeah. that's seeking, right? So if yeah. we're seeking his kingdom and his righteousness, you know, then we're asking questions like, wait a minute, what does that look like? What does it look like today? Yeah. yeah. Like you said, Austin, Father, what are you doing today? Yeah, I, I want to participate in that. Yeah, you know those are those are the things. And then, but we we also just have to. I think you know you're you want to be um, you want to be able to receive things that come to you mm-hmm. for you to look at. That might be you know hey you you need to take a look at this, and it might not come in a pleasant form. Yeah, right? I don't think this was pleasant for Nicodemus. No. You know? No, this would be, it would be exciting on the one hand, I think, because this, I think he's legit. I think he's real. So it'd be exciting on the one hand, but only after he walks away. Because yeah. I think initially he would be pretty like, man, I've gotten all this stuff wrong. But then I think maybe he walks, we, we know he comes back, right? So he, he outs himself when Jesus dies. That's right. Mm-hmm. As he and Joseph of Arimathea go to Do the talk bar- to Pilate yeah. Yeah. about getting the body. Yeah. So he's at that point, he's made his decision, yeah, who he's following, and uh, so he had to have come away. And I mean, I can't imagine not thinking about this, I can't imagine not yeah. going immediately to the synagogue and grabbing some scrolls, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, and look if you're if you're Nicodemus, right? You know, so anyway, wow, final thoughts, Jason. Oh, I don't know if you ever. Have a final thought, especially, <laughs> especially on something Philos- like this, right? I mean, here. this is this is the uh, uh, this deep for me. I mean, it, it's something that I mean it, it breaks me mm. when I think about born again. You know, it, it's that dying to that flesh, that dying to the self, the recognizing that Christ is knocking at your heart because He loves you. Mm. We have this idea that we are 
this great human being in, in society. And for me, it's like I just want to be this great human being that God calls upon because I've died to myself, that he knows that I'm born of him. You know, something that um, I remember a very hard prayer that I had as talking with God as we do when we pray. And I just said, Lord, I just want my DNA to be your DNA. I just want that. What I mean by being hard was that that broke my heart that I would even ask to be different than my physical parents. Mm. I don't, you know, I felt like I rejected my mom and my dad. And in that, at that same point, it was like all for the glory of God. And I really think that's kind of where he had Nicodemus in a place that he was just saying, man, don't stop right here. A change in genetics. Yep. Yep. That's a good picture. Yeah. Good final thought. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's all the time we have. We're going to leave with that thought. I'm going to be ruminating on that for a long time. (laughs) Um, Until the next episode, thanks for listening. Thank you, Jason, for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So stoked that you were able to do it. And um, everybody out there listening, keep seeking his kingdom first. Sweet Jesus. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on Sweet Jesus. Sayings of the Christ.